So imagine the scene. Your adventurers are walking through a forest when you're confronted by a hideously dark and foreboding tree. Are those just vines or tendrils hanging down from the trees? Or is it the noose that signals your impending death? Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries with John and Hannah. Hi. And today we're going to be looking at the hangman tree. Okay, so as we said before the introduction, as per the result of our Twitter poll, we're going to be looking at the Hangman Tree. Now, I've only been able to find a mention of this in a couple of books, those being the first edition AD&D Monster Manual 2 and the second ed AD&D Monster Manual. Obviously, if you know of any more mentions of it or you've got any more information, please feel free to call in and leave us a voicemail. So, look, I can see you've got the first ed AD&D Monster Manual 2 there. So what does it say about the hangman tree in there? So it says it's named for the rope-like appendages, which are sinewy vines that vaguely resemble nooses. Okay. And uh, drop down much to appear as if they were hanging ropes. Okay. So if you know what you're looking for, it's not going to be all that difficult to spot. It's a deciduous tree. It's got a shallow root system and it traps its prey. Okay. We've got a very long, convoluted description about how it works in combat. Um, Yeah, I think essentially that boils down to that when it senses movement close by, it drops down a noose and attempts to lift its prey up. Once a noose is around the prey, it constricts, causing one to three points of damage around and you have to do 13 to 20 points of damage, I think it is, to, like, sever the noose as it's dragging you yeah. up. and it takes four rounds for it to lift you up above the trunk oh, right. and drop you into the centre of the trunk, which is listed as the trunk's stomach and says it's nearly impossible to escape from due to the sharp growths. And while in the stomach, you'll suffer 3 to 12 points of acid damage per round so 3d4 uh which is pretty brutal so it's actually more like a pitcher plant than a tree yeah pretty much i mean obviously we know pitcher plants they they sort of lure insects into them and then they dissolve them in this sort of like stomach acid for want of a better term Mm -hmm. with these added appendages that it can use to actually like snare you Uh, It says it has this hallucinatory perfume which it can release, usually when there's prey within 30 to 80 feet, which causes you to believe that the tree is some sort of ordinary quickwood or treant, etc. Haltingly in common that it's learned over many years. I assume it just repeats things that previous people have said when they've been nearby i would assume so i mean i know it's a it's an intelligent plant but uh, it doesn't really specify how it does, intelligent yeah, it is at least it is low intelligence yeah so I, i'd assume you're right love it's probably just like repeating phrases it's heard like the predator yeah, yeah exactly just stuff <laughs> to like just stuff to like try and draw its prey near mm-hmm. uh excrete extreme cold will shock the tree into dormancy until it thaws out. Well, that makes sense with it being a deciduous tree. Yeah, exactly. has magic resistance based on its age, but lightning or electric will cause double damage if used to attack the tree, which also makes sense. With it being a tree, yeah. 
usually looks like a thick oak tree with few branches and sparse foliage. Uh, there are not like protuberances where the sensory organs usually are high yeah. on the trunk and the lower trunk will show a scar-like place for the expulsion of indigestibles. So like bits of metal and armour and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so there you are walking through the woods and there's this creepy old tree but there's a bit of armour in it. Hey, that looks shiny. Yeah. I can see so many adventurers getting pulled in. Like you say, if, if it grabs an adventure and it's like it's expelling these like gems and armour and coins and whatever that it can't digest and presumably they're going to have been a bit worn away by the stomach acid so they'll be nice and shiny and then we've got one of my favourite uh, errors in this book that I've noticed so far we have the optional guide for tree ages which was obviously supposed to have variant hit dice on it but it doesn't it just lists how old the trees are <laughs> right well Let's head over to the AD&D Second Ed Monster Manual. Now, we just get a section called Intelligent Plants in this, and it lumps a load of different stuff together. Yeah, there's about 20 things in there. Yeah, and that covers, like, your shambling mounds, um, your strangleweeds, stuff like that. Um, It's pretty similar in terms of the stats, to be perfect. Some of the descriptions, word for word, the same. Yeah, it's pretty similar. We do get some additional details, you know, on um, how difficult it is to, like, break out of being inside the tree. And, it again, it pretty much says it's nearly impossible, to be honest. But I presume if the creature was killed while the person was still alive, you know, you could break them out, etc. They get... The magic resistance is, according to this, 5% per decade the tree has been alive. And in this one, we actually do get some guidelines about how the age of the tree yeah, affects they, the hit dice. they've remembered to put the hit dice on it this time. Yeah, so <laughs> it, we're told that like zero to four years, it's a non-combat sprout with like one hit point. Um, if up, all the way up to an ancient tree, which will have eight hit points per hit dice, and it gives you the breakdown of like how many hit dice the various like categories have mm-hmm. and that's pretty much all the additional information in the AD&D second edition monster manual too although this time we do get a drawing of it as well yeah and it is pretty much what i was imagining from the description in the first ed but it's also one of the few creatures that doesn't actually get a drawing in the first ed yeah, I mean, I presume they, they were trying to save space and they were like, oh, yeah. you know, it's a tree with news hanging down from it. And that's pretty much what you get in the picture in the Monster Manual for Second Dad. It's this vaguely sort of oak-looking tree with a couple of these knotty-like nodules, which are presumably eyes, and this big slit at the top where they drop things into to digest them, and these sort of ropey nooses hanging down amidst more normal-looking foliage, which is presumably there as a form of camouflage and for all the things that plants normally use their leaves for. So that's pretty much it in terms of what the books say. To be honest, there's not a great deal on it. It seems to me it's very much designed, again, like on one of these sort of like gotcha monsters. You know, you're having some sort of nature ramble, you're exploring a forest or whatever, you want something different to the normal like goblins or sort of woodland creatures jumping out you can have one of these sort of intelligent plants this hangman tree in there 
and as we said if it's digested adventurers or stuff like that it's probably going to have a, at least a small pile of like metal coins gems probably nice and shiny because of the stomach juices that have been dissolving the outer layer of it and you know some player's going to go oh pile of gemstones at the bottom of the tree let's go for that that's when the noose comes down grabs them tries to hoik them up into the mouth of the tree so it makes sense from the perspective of the tree that not only is it expelling this stuff it can't digest but also again it's acting as a law to potential prey because although it can move it moves really 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 slowly so it's a more efficient way to get prey to like bring prey to it and get it within range of the nooses and then whoop and up you go yeah so obviously that's how you could use it as a random encounter monster yeah yeah but what if you were going to make it sort of the focal monster in a campaign okay well if i was going to use it as the focal point of a campaign let's say you can use it as is just if you want like a random encounter or a little bit of like a random combat in a woodland environment however i don't think as they are they work particularly well as like the sort of payoff for like a bigger adventure because let's face it if you like slog your way through an adventure you get to confront the final foe and it's a tree that can strangle you with ropes it's probably going to be a little bit underwhelming if you just present it as is where it's just a natural tree with like a weird way of catching its prey however i think you if you want to make more of it as we've said many times you can easily reskin this creature and you don't need to change how it looks you don't need to change any of the stats all you need to do is give it a bit of background and a little mm-hmm. something to explain it and my first thought would be instead of just having it as a normal tree have it so that it, it was a normal tree to start off with but something has happened to it which has transformed it into this twisted sort of predatory tree that now sort of like drains the life and the souls out of people and you know me i, I like my sort of dark horror stuff mm-hmm. in role-playing games so the first thing that spring to my mind with this is we're all aware that in sort of villages in medieval times and whatever they were they did have regular areas where like criminals and people like that were executed and one way for them to do that would be to hang them from a nearby tree because all you need is a rope and the big tree Mm -hmm. and you're done there's no elaborate preparations required i can certainly see if maybe perhaps just over the years with all these many people being hung there and perhaps they don't even do it anymore it could just be a forgotten legend but maybe so many people were hung from this tree that sort of the the sort of evil of that act or the the death agonies of the people who were involved has sort of seeped into the tree and it's changed it over time so now it's like hungering for more victims to be hung or you could have perhaps someone was wrongly hung there i don't know maybe to go back to what we're talking about with hags previously in an Mm -hmm. episode maybe someone was wrongly accused of being a witch and they were hung from the tree and they sort of uh, their death agonies and the the sort of wrongdoing caused the tree to adapt in this way or perhaps the person was a witch whether they were whether they were evil or good if they were evil maybe they laid down a curse on the village you know as they were dying or even if they were good perhaps they were like a herbalist or something and they genuinely were trying to help out the village perhaps again they laid down a curse i mean how many films have you seen where like someone dies they lay down a curse upon whoever's killed them Mm -hmm. and it comes back in some sort of unusual way and then once you've sort of done something like that you need to think about as with any scenario you need to think about how do we get the player characters 
involved in this because if it's just a local legend in like a village in the middle of nowhere there's no reason for your players to get involved however what if something has happened recently that's caused the tree to become sort of range further afield looking for its victims maybe maybe like there's been a cold winter and not many people have been going past and as it started to thaw maybe it's had to go further afield for victims well, you, we've already got the hallucinatory effect. Yeah. Maybe you could change that to people dreaming about the tree and wanting to yeah. go to the tree from a further distance. Yeah, maybe, as you were saying, to build on that, maybe this hallucinatory sort of uh, spores or perfume or whatever it is, maybe it sort of gets into people during the day. Like the tree doesn't do anything to them during the day because it, it doesn't want to get people out of the areas. Maybe it sort of seeps into the local farmers or whatever. Then they find themselves sleepwalking during the evening when they go to sleep and they're dreaming of the tree. Next thing you know, whoop, and they're in the tree. Maybe some of its fruits affected the local cider. Yeah, indeed, yeah. What if, what if, af- maybe it's a bit like, um, it's a bit like a substance that builds up in your system. It takes a long time to like, your system to flush it out. What if you get a little bit of this like, this perfume, let's call it, this hallucinatory perfume in your system. Maybe it doesn't do anything if you get just like a, a little whiff of it as you're walking past. However, maybe recently they've started harvesting the fruits, like you say, to make cider or like fruit pies or whatever you want to do with it. And maybe after so many like years of eating it, it's built up in the system to the point where the tree can now like exert a certain amount of control over these people. And perhaps, as we've said, maybe the control's not strong enough to do it while they're conscious yet. But when they're asleep and their defences are down, they start dreaming of this tree and going to this tree. They they get up, sleepwalking during the night. Next thing they know, they're in front of this tree. Down comes the noose. And that's them, brown bread. That's them done with. Maybe the, the villagers hire the player characters, if you want to go to the, the sort of more standard way. They might not even know that the tree's responsible. Maybe they've just some people have just disappeared from the village and they're like, we don't know what's going on. The player characters have to investigate. And that's when having a history built up for the tree would come in really useful because if there's nothing for the player characters to find out, they're not going to piece it together. Whereas if they can find out this history about the tree and how it used to be used for killing these criminals and someone put the death curse on them, whatever, then perhaps they can sort of start questioning the tree and maybe when they get closer they find some of like the remnants or maybe they find like um, I don't know maybe they find like a couple of coins from like one of the farmers who was like digested by the tree or they find some item that sort of gives away the identity of the victims or maybe if they stay long enough maybe they sort of start having dreams about the tree because perhaps before it starts sort of like being able to like control you while you sleep maybe you start having the dreams a bit before that but you just think they're dreams so you can have a nice bit of foreshadowing where maybe the player characters are in the village for a few weeks they're eating the food they're drinking the drink of course they are they're in they're in a village they need supplies maybe a couple of the party members not being controlled by it because they've not had enough of it yet unlike the local villagers but maybe they start having the odd dream about this foreboding tree and sort of going to it when they start asking around about like the local trees you've got the old person in the village who's like oh i remember we used to we used to take wrongans up to that hill up there and and execute them and that can sort of lead them more into this scenario and give them sort of a few clues and hints because if you have a mystery and there's no clues people ain't going to solve it simple as that but i definitely think that's uh, those are a few ways that you could um you could adapt to this and you change nothing you're just adding to it so i had a couple of thoughts as well all right cool so why don't you tell me about the first thing that came to your mind when you looked at the monster we'd picked 
Well, there were two things, actually. The first one was the Billie Holiday song called Strange Fruit from... Oh, right, yeah. 1950s. And obviously the D&D books were created in America and hanging has quite different connotations there to here. Uh, I'm very much aware that we're recording this in February and half of our listeners are American. Yes. And stick a lampshade on that because I very much hope that the Lovecraft Country TV series does a great story of that theme. Yeah, I'm sure Um, they could handle it far better than we could discuss it, not being as familiar with the subject. Second thing that came to my mind was Lad's Grave, which is just down the road from where I grew up. Yeah. It's a crossroads. That's all that's there now, but there used to be a big tree there. Okay. And I've heard four or five different versions of who's buried there and what they may or may not have done. Yeah. Um, but it's the story's always a kid somewhere 12, 14, that sort of age. Right. Who's done something that would now definitely not be considered a hanging crime. Yeah. Um, and falls to mob justice from, like, people in the local area and then gets buried at this crossroads okay i'm sure there's hundreds of crossroads all over the uk that have similar stories about yeah yeah them. well crossroads are very sort of like mystical places in folklore on there and it struck me that a tree like that that as you say has got this legend built up about mm. it i'd find it far more sinister for it to just be a plant that's doing its plant thing it doesn't even need to have the magic perfume yeah because if you do something bad in this area, you get taken to the hanging tree and people just stand around in a circle and keep shoving until the tree until gets, it comes you. And gets you. Yeah, so, so the, you're suggesting that a lot of the locals it's, know it's about it and they use it. It's a local execution yeah, tradition. And obviously if you're um, the tree and you're intelligent, why, why would you move anywhere if they're bringing people to you? And maybe it's not like the local village people, maybe there's like some evil lord that gets off on this. Yeah. Maybe it's some spell that's creating this. Maybe it is, as you say, um, the perfume affecting people's minds mm. or the fruit affecting people's minds and therefore the people in the area have effectively become the cult of the hanging tree. Oh, that's nice. That's a catchy title. Um, as I say, I really hope Lovecraft Country does something of this ilk. Yeah, I mean, I think... they're far more talented writers than I. I think it was interesting as well that you mentioned um, about someone being buried near the crossroads. Because mm-hmm. there's a few stories I've read, I forget the titles now, where like a tree or a plant or something has ended up evil because their roots have sort of gone down into the body of like an evildoer. Mm-hmm. And they've sort of like, with, with the nutrients they've taken up, they've sort of absorbed that evil or the sort of pain and suffering and that's gone into the tree and sort of twisted it. And you could easily do that. I mean, if you want to go for the stereotypical sort of semi-Lovecraftian vibe, there's some evil wizard who got his just desserts like back in the day, he was sacrificing locals or whatever. They mobbed up, they killed him, they buried him in an unremarked grave because they're like, he's not getting like a, a decent burial because he's like an evil sorcerer. Then... 
I don't know, maybe maybe they put a tree there to mark it, or maybe like a tree is just sprouted there. Perhaps even the tree was formed from its evil, but because it's absorbed the evil of this wizard, perhaps it's trying to sort of enact their revenge upon the like the descendants of the local people. But obviously, it's still only a tree, so it's just like doing it in the best way it possibly can. So one other thing that crossed my mind, yeah. As I was looking at stuff about pitcher plants, and there are types of pitcher plants that frogs live in. Yes, yeah. Now, what if there was some kind of a creature that naturally coexisted with the hanging tree? Oh, in like a sort of symbiotic relationship. And therefore, that creature was somehow responsible for bringing things to the tree. Yeah, in right. order to keep the tree strong, in order to keep like the colony inside the tree safe. Yeah. In the way that you get like ant colonies that'll defend the place that they're living. No, I think that's a really good idea. And I think if you wanted to, I mean, you, you could link that with your sort of sinister call to the hanging mm-hmm. tree idea. Because what if somehow, I don't know how you'd have to work this out for your own game, what if somehow the, the tree can recognise the local villagers, but perhaps they get a lot of advantage like from its fruit like maybe its fruit sustains the village because there's no like farming or whatever in the area and they do make the like the wines and the ciders and they eat the fruits and it could even have some other effect like maybe the fruit keeps them younger for longer or keeps them healthy Hills, wounds exactly there's yeah a load of stuff you could do with that and perhaps like at a certain point in history this sort of cult of villagers were like well all we've got to do is like when we see the odd traveler going past every now and again direct them to the tree the tree will take its due we keep getting the fruit and it's not like it's a local is it and you could really build on like a wicker man vibe with this as well definitely with um your adventurers coming to the village and everybody's really glad to see them and really great and or maybe even you could go with the child sacrifice element of the wicker man and say oh here's the may queen if the adventurers don't go then the May Queen's going and they're going to have to watch it. Yeah, and I mean, continuing in that Wicker Man vibe, I mean, obviously the, the sort of central conceit at the start of the Wicker Man, without getting into too much detail, is, you know, there's a bit where Edward Woodward sees the um, the pictures and he's like, oh, they had great harvests on all these mm-hmm. years and now they've had a rubbish harvest and the person's mm-hmm. disappeared. Maybe maybe they've um, they've recently had, like, a bad harvest. Maybe the tree's not bearing enough fruit and they're like... Oh, oh, we didn't have any visitors like the last year, so we've got to try and get someone quickly. Otherwise, we won't continue to get the benefits from the tree, and our village will collapse, and we'll all be starving, etc. So maybe the village just starts sort of ranging further afield. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've given you a few ideas there of how you could use the hangman tree in your game. If you've got any thoughts on this or anything else maybe you'd like to suggest something for a future episode you can get in touch with us in a couple of ways you can leave a voicemail message using the speakpipe website link in the description below or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com until we see you again take care stay safe and whatever you're playing have fun bye